the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you for listening. I praise God for the opportunity to do this, and we appreciate everybody that is learning. That's the whole idea. You know, I read a scripture the other day in, where was it? It must have been Proverbs. talks about that a, a good teacher makes learning pleasant to the people he's teaching, and I hope this is pleasant to you. I know sometimes the topics are a little bit difficult, but that's okay. You know, it's good news still, because at the end of the day, God has triumphed over sin that we may live free from sin. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, we're talking about Matthew chapter 24, great, great prophetic chapter. And uh, this is lesson five. We're still on the first 14, 15 verses because they are continuous. They are, what's the word, chronological. Jesus takes us through answering the disciples' questions, and he walks us right through the tribulation. And he'll come back after verse 15, and he'll flesh that out for us. I think I might be up to verse 10, but I do like to review. The early part here may sound familiar, and it should. It will be a review of the last couple of things that we mentioned to you, their highlights. I just want you to get this information. It's so important. We're teaching this in our Bible studies, and every time I go back, I learn something else, and it's really neat. The radio show at this point is ahead of what I'm teaching in the Bible study. I had an hour and a half Bible study the other day, and I got up to Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. So it's so interesting. And if you read it and you study it, yes, he speaks Jewish Jesus is speaking to Jewish disciples who have become Christians. And it's also full of insight for the church, but it doesn't come out and say it. Like, for instance, he doesn't talk about the rapture in the entire chapter. And yet, if you read what's going on still in verses 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, he is talking to the church also without naming them. Don't forget the Jewish people who he's speaking to at the resurrection, they will become born again. At the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit will come inside them, baptize them in the Spirit, and they will become the foundation of the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. So in a sense, he's also speaking to us today. And the main point so far that I'm trying to drive home is that we tend to uh, see things like, for instance, before the rapture, you've got the church in the church age, and then after the rapture, the church age is over even though it's still under the age of grace and salvation will be offered to those in the tribulation who repent of their sin and accept Christ as their Messiah. And we tend to see it like that, black and white, before the rapture, after the rapture. I don't believe God sees it like that. Because when we're looking at this information and we're looking at the, the beginning of sorrows, we're looking at the 
things, the, the wars, the rumors of wars, the plagues, pestilences, earthquakes, all of that, it is part of the judgment within the Great Tribulation. And yet it is also something that we are living under today. You know, there's still um, wars and rumors of wars, and there's still plagues, um, there's still earthquakes, I mean, there's still uh, regional conflicts, kingdoms rising against one another, there's still false prophets. I mean, all of the stuff that's going to be prevalent in the tribulation after the church is gone is already here. So that's why so many people say, well, yeah, we're in the tribulation. No, we are not in the tribulation. The church does not go through the tribulation. But that's what I mean. All of this stuff, the beginning of sorrows, this all happens throughout time. But as the return of Christ gets closer and closer, it becomes intensified. So uh, verse 8, once again, Jesus is telling them that all these things that I've just described to you, they are the beginning of sorrows. And yes, that's wars, rumors of wars, nations rising against nations, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquake, pestilence, and slaves. And so that's a very general description, and he calls it the beginning of sorrows, but let's look at some of the other translations and what they name that in verse 8. It's also called the beginning of travail. It's called the beginning of birth pangs, of the intolerable anguish and the time of unprecedented trouble. It's called the beginning of labor pains. It's called sufferings associated with the end, the beginning of troubles. And so God chose this language because uh, birth pangs is, is so similar. You know, and understand this, birth pangs. But we are in birth pangs. Jesus said that. We are in birth pangs. We are in the beginning of the sorrows that come upon a woman when she's about to deliver a child. These are not called pregnancy pangs. Right? They are called birth pangs. That means the child is about to deliver. The point I'm trying to drive home, when you see all of these things, we've had two world wars. That is nation rising against nation. We've always had rumors of wars. We're in the apostasy whereby people are denying Christ. They're walking away from their faith. We are seeing plagues. We are seeing earthquakes increasing. We are seeing false messiahs, false prophets who are a dime a dozen. Jesus is saying, these are not the beginning of pregnancy pangs. These are the beginning of birth pangs. That means the child is about to be born, or uh, that's representative of the fact that Jesus is about to return. Can you see the nearness of what he's talking about? You put all that together, yes, it flows. In God's time, it flows. Man sees this, and he chops it off, and he says, okay, now we're in this. Well, not God. It all flows. And the degradation of man, the fall of man, the um, destruction of America, the return to a pagan worldwide civilization has been going on for centuries. But we are at the very end of that time now because it is the beginning of birth pangs. The child is about to be delivered. I need to drive that home. So here then, Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's giving them a description, and he says, he's gone from, but the end is not yet. But now, in verse 8 and verse 9, he's coming into, but these are the beginning of the birth pangs, meaning the end is not here, but it is near. The New American Standard Bible says, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. And understand, okay, these are not the beginning of the the pregnancy is not in its early stages. The pregnancy is about to end. It's about to deliver the baby. Birth pangs intimate that the arrival of the baby is imminent. In the natural way, mom has packed her hospital bags and is now heading to the hospital. The world's inhabitants should be heeding the preaching of the church. 
the church should be announcing the soon arrival of their Messiah. In the natural realm, dad preps the kids. He's made provision for them as he's taken mom to the hospital. He drops them off or he makes some other type of provision for an aunt or somebody, a neighbor to watch them to care for their safety while mom is preparing to deliver the new child. In the same way, the church should be preparing the people of the world for the coming Messiah. We are warning them because he's not coming to save this time. He's coming to judge and he's coming to condemn. It's our task to tell them. But Ron, they're going to hate me. They'll mock me. I'll lose my friends. They'll despise me. They'll persecute me. Why, they may even kill me. Yep. Just understand that. That comes with the price of salvation, guys. They're losing their lives in the Middle East for the cause of Christ. We know we're spoiled in America. John MacArthur explains the actual process of birth pangs, and it shows why Jesus chose this term to uh, be associated with his return. Birth pangs has always been associated with the coming of the Messiah in Jewish end-time writings. Hopefully, uh, this little phrase here will uh, enlighten the church about it. MacArthur says, The figure of birth pains was commonly used by ancient Jewish writers, especially in regard to the end times. The great modern Jewish scholar, Alfred Edersheim, he wrote, Jewish writings speak very frequently of the labor pains of the Messiah. Labor pains do not occur at conception or throughout pregnancy, but just before the birth. Then he says, labor pains do not begin until shortly before the time of delivery, and they occur with increasing frequency until the baby is born. In the same way, the events connected with the Lord's return will not begin until just before his return. Now, I want to stop there because he's talking about the signs that he's given us that will tell us he's about to return. And those signs are, I'm going to repeat them again, wars and rumors of war. Let me ask a question. Are there wars? Yes, two great world wars. Are there rumors of war? Absolutely. Every day you can't turn on the news. Regional conflict, the kingdom rising against kingdom in Africa, in the Middle East. I mean, they're always fighting at one another. You've got the Sunnis, you've got the Shiites, you've got the Muslims, you've got the Brotherhood. I mean, you've, you've probably got a hundred different factions over there, and they are constantly killing and uh, destroying their homeland, and yet they're all commonly risen up against the Jews and sworn to the distinction of the Jews from off the earth. But these things happen all the time. We just have COVID, probably the greatest worldwide plague that we've seen in my lifetime. Uh, Who knows other people and what they've seen, but that's a sign that he is coming. Apostasy. Uh, Men will be lovers of self. These are all signs that his return is imminent. The baby is about to be born. So it's a terrible, terrible time if you don't know Jesus Christ. There's no other way to escape than accepting the Messiah. And that's why he's coming back. He gave us 2,000 years to receive him. He gave us 2,000 years to preach the gospel. He gave us 2,000 years to live as witnesses and to tell people the truth. Now he's going to go into verses 9 and 14, and it speaks to those Christians and Jews who are going to be alive during the time right before the end. And I wanted to tell you that the time right before the end, a lot of this is sounding like the tribulation, but the fact that we're here already, these things are happening now, and we are not in the tribulation, proves further the nearness of his return. So then after the beginning of birth pangs, these next few verses, these things are going to happen. And once more, what is the beginning of sorrows? It's the false messiahs, right? Every five years, we get a false messiah that rises up nationally or even internationally, and he claims to be the messiah. And you've seen them. You know, in America, we had David Koresh. We had Jim Jones. I mean, we've got Sung Young Moon. Uh, You know, the list is long. 
But the Bible says, it says the end is near, frightfully near. Jesus here now in verses 9 to 14 is describing the tribulation of the Jewish believers. It's not for believers, but it's for the disbelieving, the disbelieving Jew and the disbelieving Gentile. And it could be for you as well, unless you have repented of your sin and given your life over to Jesus Christ. He is your Messiah, as well as that of the Jewish people. There's no door number three. You either accept Jesus Christ, receive the sacrifice, that he paid the penalty for your sin. He has set you free from sin, shall not have dominion over you. He's done that for you. But if you continue to reject him, then you will be left with the destiny of those who have rejected Christ. You will go through the soon coming tribulation. Don't forget, prior to this tribulation, Jesus has already removed his church from the earth. We miss the tribulation because we are not appointed unto wrath. First Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And obtain it, you must. Yet, people will still get saved in the tribulation. I mean, if you don't get it here, then you have the opportunity, but it's going to probably cost you your life. You know, the tribulation through the mercy of God is also included in the age of grace. That means one can still repent of their sins and get saved. It going to cost you everything you have, your home, your family, your life. It's going to be a terrible time, but you got to make the right decision. Hallelujah. Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. This is talking to the Jews, and he's probably referencing them singularly, but it will also apply to anybody who's alive during this time. After then, this is what it really is, after these things and after the birth pangs begin, then, in a chronological sense, uh, this is the great tribulation that will come. Very important, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, Jewish disciples to be exact, but anyone who gets born again at that time will also be considered a disciple. He's also speaking to anyone who is around at that time. Understand, you've got the age of grace. Included in the age of grace, you've got the church age, and you've also got the dispensation of the tribulation. So they're both part of the age of grace. What does that mean? Why is that important, Ron? Because it means you'll still be able to get saved and receive Christ as your Messiah up to a certain point in the tribulation. So you, you don't want to go through that door. You want to make that decision now before and just go home with us in the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. And let's see. He is also speaking to anyone in verse 9 that's going to be around at that time. You and me, just like disciples in Christ's day, we are disciples too, and we are also the church. Yes, guys, this applies to us as well. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and to be killed. We will be afflicted. We will be killed. We will be hated by all nations because of our association with the name of Jesus Christ. We're seeing that now. 100,000 Christians a year are murdered over in the Middle East. It's It's... I mean, everything is coming true. And, you know, if you don't think that this is true or it could happen, don't forget 11 out of the 12 disciples were killed for their faith. I mean, that's right there. You know, when he was speaking to you, you know, he's also talking to Peter and to Andrew and to James. They were martyred because they belonged to the, uh, the church. They belonged to Christ. And, yes, it's continuing to happen even today. Matthew 24, 9 in the NASB tells us plainly what's going on. They will hand you over to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. I'm not sure that I see that preached or heard that preached too often on a nice pleasant Sunday morning church gathering among the saints before they go out for lunch or breakfast. But it's the truth. You will be hated for all nations because of my name. 
So far in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 9, Jesus has led us chronologically up to what's going on. He's told the Jews, you know, understand the Jews had no idea of the question that they asked. You know, what's going to be happening? When are you coming back? They didn't realize he's coming back at the end of the world. And that end of the world is going to be a time of judgment in the midst of man's turmoil because he has refused Christ and turned to a pagan society. The world does not get better and better. America does not get fixed. We do not go from glory to glory while we are here. Okay? We will pay the penalties for our sin. But, Ron, the penalty for sin has been paid for. Yes, it has. But for those who reject Christ, that penalty is still held against them. You know, you cannot get free from your sin while rejecting the one who did it, and his name is Jesus. You must repent just like everybody else who accepted Christ. You must give your life over to Christ. Recognize his great love has paid the penalty for your sin. But if you have not made that decision to repent of your sin and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you are still subject to the law of your sin, which will condemn you uh, to eternal separation from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So believers and Jews will be hated everywhere by all people, and they will be killed. Association with Jesus and bearing his name will get you killed. It's quite simple. Verse 10, don't forget, this is the beginning of sorrows. This is after the beginning of sorrows. This is during the birth pangs. Verse 10, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Ouch, the NASB. And at that time, many are going to fall away. And they will betray one another and hate one another. Talking about church people. Talking about Jews. Talking about people who are denying the faith. Don't forget, the greatest revival the world has ever seen is going to be taking place during the tribulation. While all this is going on, people are getting saved. How do you know that? Well, because the 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each tribe, will be here, divinely appointed and sent by God for the purpose of ministering to the Jew. Just like very few Jews come in now, what's, what's today called? It's called the Day of the Gentiles, the time of the Gentiles. The Gentiles are coming in. Uh, the Jews have rejected Christ, so God offered salvation to us, to the Gentiles, and we are receiving it. Probably 99% of the people who get saved are Gentiles. They're not Jews. Well, there are still some who get saved during the church age. They're called Messianic Jews. Well, that's great. But then also the church is taken out, and basically the people that are fighting for their lives or fighting for salvation are the Jews. So you will either repent of your sin and accept Christ, or you will join the Antichrist crowd and you will persecute the Jews. At that time, the time of this intense persecution and tribulation, if you are forced at that time to either deny Christ or accept Christ with your life on the line, that's a hard choice. But that's going to be what's happening. That's talking about betrayal. Remember the Jews during Hitler's day, right? They were hiding in people's houses and people were trying to help them out. And yet people were scared of the Germans and what they were doing. So they would say, oh, there's a Jew hiding in that house. There's a Jew hiding in that house. They'd come in, they'd rip out the walls, they'd take out the family and you'd all go to prison. Well, this is going to be the same thing, but it's going to be intensified. It's going to be evil. It is going to be everywhere. And this is what you're facing if you do not accept Christ today. Uh, Commentator France, this saying, many will fall away. Remember, we read that in verse 10, I believe. Let's see, verse 10. It talks about that. Uh, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. The new American standard. And at that time, many will fall away. They will fall away from what? They will fall away from the faith. They will fall away from the truth. Commentator France says it like this. This saying, many will fall away, 
is one of those where it seems to have its most serious sense. The wording used is serious. It implies the seriousness of a fall, which is not just a temporary setback, but it involves the abandonment of God's way and the loss of salvation. I know many of you don't believe that uh, you can lose your salvation. It's once saved, always saved. I believe that's a very dangerous, non-biblical doctrine. God wouldn't put all the warnings in the Bible if they weren't needed, right? So if there's a warning, you know, if my dad says, Ron, don't go across the street. There's a big pothole in the street. I can take it to the bank. There's going to be a pothole in the street. And if dad warns me against it, that's because he knows better. Well, the same way with God. You are guarding yourself so that you do not lose your salvation, especially in these end times. Scripture predicts an apostasy at the time of the end, which is both very specific and very intense. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. What will not come? The manifestation of the Antichrist. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. 1 Timothy 4.1 also talks about the Spirit speaking explicitly, saying that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Uh, Last year we were talking about deception and we were warning you week after week after week, don't fall for the false teaching, don't fall for the false doctrine, don't follow the false teachers, don't listen to the false prophets. You know, I read my Bible. Uh, I can go to God. I have a working relationship with God. He talks to me. Well, I never hear God. Well, just go ahead and sin. You'll hear him. Okay, but God talks to me all the time. No, that doesn't mean I'm sinning all the time. But I take time to listen to him like I would listen to my earthly father. Okay, and so when I read the Bible, he speaks to me. I believe the number one way to hear from God is to read the Bible and to let him speak to you there. And so he tells me all the time what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, and he corrects me. And so I have a good speaking relationship with God. And so I am pretty much safe from deception. You know, the the false preachers that are out there that are turned uh, greed and abusing scriptures to get money in their pockets. You know, I'm aware of that because I know what the Bible says. The Bible says there will be those that make merchandise of you. The Bible says in the last days there will be those that will think that gain is godliness. I know those scriptures. I know those verses so I can understand what's going on. I know what's wrong with people that have been trapped by money. The Bible says those that will get rich, those that will love money, they get a snare unto themselves. I know these people are under the curse. I know that they have been captured by the enemy. And so you know, I, I can avoid those pitfalls, and that's why we do all this stuff. I want you to stay out of trouble. So the, first, the falling away or the apostasy uh, will precede that, then the rapture of the church, then the Antichrist revealed, then the day of the Lord, then the return of Christ. Jesus is trying to get it through to these disciples that the return, his return is not something that you're looking forward to gleefully. At the end of the day, you do not want to be left alive on this earth when he comes back. That means you will have missed the rapture. That means you're in the great tribulation period. Your life is at risk. And he's coming back, Jesus says, to judge those at that point. Because he's going to take the righteous with him into the millennial reign of Christ. We're going to see him. We're going to rule and reign with him. And he's not. he, he does get to that point later on in Matthew 24. But it's important that you understand that your time for making a decision today. The Bible says that the day of salvation is today. So let me pray with you guys. This is important stuff. 
Let's see, I'm in verse 11 and 12, just so I know where I got to pick up next week. But, uh, Father, I trust you. You know, the Bible says the entrance of your word giveth light. The Bible says, so shall your word be. It will not return void. So we send that word out. We give it to God to watch over. He says he watches over his word because he wants to perform that word in you. I say, Father God, that these people, these listeners, Father God, their eyes are open. They hunger and thirst after righteousness, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for filling them, that they seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. All these things shall be added unto them. I say their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Greater is the Lord Jesus who lives in them than he that is in the world. I ask you to have mercy on their souls, Father God. I ask you to deliver them from any sin, Father God, from any false doctrines, Father God, from any deceit, Father God, that's trying to bring them away from the place of safety. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are hearing this, that you would keep them, Father God, that you would watch over them, Father God, that you would perfect that which concerns them, Father God. These are your children. They are my family. They're brothers and sisters, Father God. May we all become one in the faith, Father God. We love you. We trust you. I thank you so much for your word of God, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.